Hey guys, we're the Hard Time Strongman Podcast, sharing up a very class of men. And today, we're joined by our... What? Is this the second time? Third time coming on? Yep. Second. Yeah. Second time. Wait, is it? Coming on. Yeah, it's, I can't it's two. I think it's two. Our buddy Chris from Grant Rifle Group. We are here to talk about gunsmithing. The basics, uh, garage home, gunsmithing, some barriers to entry, some... Uh, what things you can expect some goals to shoot after and you know why gunsmithing is even important but first chris you want to introduce yourself your your company your podcast everything your associated um socials so yeah so my name is chris mckagren i'm the owner of granite rifle group llc uh, a company based out of uh, morristown arizona uh, which is pretty close to phoenix but far enough away to uh hopefully stay away from the garbage um I also run a podcast called the Delayed Impact Podcast. Uh, we're talking just about long range shooting and whatnot. Uh, I'm also the uh, uh, I don't really know what to call it, but I guess the the founder of uh, the Long Range Ambassadors program as well. Um, founder director. How's the house coming? How's everything since the last time you've been on? Uh, I mean, it's been good. It's been good. Um, finally, got some nice weather down here in Arizona. Thank goodness. Um, Strangely enough, with all this wonderful weather, I haven't been out shooting a whole lot, which is extremely counterproductive because um, I know I'm like a lizard man, but I always end up like in the middle of summertime laying down on the hot rocks shooting that way um, <laughs> instead of like out when it's really nice out. You know, I don't know. Um, yeah. It is what it is. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, business has been good. Um, I got some some cool builds coming up. Um, diving a little more into the, uh, the hunting rifle side of things and, uh, kind of going that route a more, we'll say a, mm, I don't want to say traditional, uh, bolt action rifle, but just a little more traditional than you think of, uh, because most people will see the, the target tactical guns and stuff. And they think it's like the coolest sniper rifle thing they've ever seen, um, versus, you know, grandpappies. Uh, hunting rifle, which I don't exactly build those either, but they're slightly more along those lines. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about, you know, building those, you know, super niche, you know, like, you know, match grade rifles versus, you know, something that's been around for, you know, decades and, you know, still works. So I feel like a good yeah. ground is, you know, a really great, you know, niche or goal to be in. Yeah, and I, I definitely try to, you know, blur some of those lines of, uh, especially with the hunting rifle of, you know, everyone's very, very familiar with, uh, you know, uh, Grandaz 30 out 6 that kicks the crap out of them every time they shoot it. Or, you know, somebody's very, very nice, high-end, extremely lightweight 300 wind mag that, again, just beats the brakes off you every time you shoot it. And it's no fun to shoot, right? Um, yeah, it's a nice gun to carry, but... You know, the whole point of the gun is to shoot it. So, right. you know, I try, try to build a gun that that kind of goes both ways on that. Is It's it's nice to carry, uh, but at the same time, you actually want to shoot it. And then you actually, like, want to shoot it like, in between seasons. Um, not just three rounds before hunting season to make sure it's zeroed. And then, you know, maybe one time on the trip, but then it goes back in the safe. Like, that's, that's not what I want. Right. Not a 7 millimeter red mag. Not that. Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> Still have trauma from that. Shaking the freaking you and me tin both. off the roof. Idiot. 
I never heard of that round before. You're like, no, this is it. Like, this is this is what we're building. Let's go <laughs> shoot this. <laughs> hey, shoot this. It'll be fine. Bruised. Oh, like, God. yeah. Don't, don't worry about your shoulder. That's now dislocated. Don't worry about it. Gosh. <laughs> well, cool. I was no. going to say, I've seen a no. lot of really cool builds coming off the IG. So that's been really fun to see no. you just oh, dude, pumping yes. those out. Well, thank you. I got a couple more coming this way and uh, it's pretty, pretty neat stuff. Um, yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah. So today's episode, we're talking about you know the basics of gunsmithing. So gunsmithing, it's repairing, modifying, designing, or building firearms. So before starting the business before you know building guns for people how this really fit into your life into your how this fit into just your uh you know i guess your life with guns into into your vocation no i don't know i mean probably the the earliest iteration of this was always um you know just being bored with the stuff that you had and then like you know, let's put this light on it. Let's, you know, do that. And, and just, you know, some really minor part swaps um, where it's it's really not a big deal, but you're, you're still learning quite a bit. Um, you know, what kind of we're talking, you know, part compatibility. Um, like I remember at one point in time, I was like I bought I think I had like key mod rail and I bought like MWOC, you know, the, the uh, little rail section. And I like found a made it just yeah. like made it work. Right. <laughs> and it's like, eh, well, like whatever. So, you know, learning those, mm. those types of lessons. Um, and, uh, and I believe to this day that the, that light is still attached to that rail. I think I cranked around there pretty good. Um, I mean, if you crank it down hard enough, it ain't going anywhere. That's true. You put enough of that blue goo on there and enough elbow grease, then. Oh yeah. Just, just don't take it too far. So it breaks, but. Right. <laughs> so it's it sounds like you kind of had your introduction to it was kind of similar to mine where it was just like you know i i shot two two three five five six i shot you know seven six two and it got to the point where it was just like okay well i'm gonna experiment with some other calibers i kind of want to experiment with different barrel lengths you know like you said i want to try different accessories on here like how can i make this work yeah absolutely because there's you know yeah, I, I think gunsmithing really comes out of um, it comes out of out of necessity, um, but like a curious necessity, mm-hmm. right? Because I mean, unless I mean, unless you, well, I mean, duh, we need guns, right? Um, but it's not right. like like your car, like something breaks on your car. Oh, I got to get a new alternator, right? You're not experimenting with a new alternator. Just go down to AutoZone, get the one that you need for your car install it done right runs cool let's go right versus with a gun you know you're like hey like what else can i do so right you end up uh, kind of in this like kind of creative space where you can you know i i need to fill this gap how can i do it rather than just oh get this mm-hmm. um so you know same thing like with with this rifle this little 14.5 down here, same thing. It's like, okay, like I, I need some kind of optical system. What, what, what am I going to do with it, right? Um, am I going to go red dot route? Am I going to go an LTPO? Um, am I just going to go irons, right? I was I was really wanting to get in, well, 
but I still have a little bit of a soft spot for like a carry handle. Um, so of course you do. And, you know, and, and all these, uh, you know, all these, uh, like high rise red dots on, on a uh, carry handle guns and stuff I see on, on Instagram, they don't help. I see that. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's so beautiful. So stupid, but so beautiful. So, uh, so oh, yeah, man. I've been kind of, uh, told him that idea and whatnot. I got really close to buying one for this, but I didn't, I didn't hold off. Um, but so like kind of really having this, this purpose of why, why am I doing this? Um, I think it really comes into, into play when you're, you're thinking about a build of a rifle of, you know, obviously it has to shoot. Um, you need to be able to see, you know, what you're shooting at. Um, but really from that, from that point on, you know, does it, does it need to fill like a, a super specific task such as like CQB, right? That's going to be a very different build than say, uh, like a DMR gun. Um, yeah, I didn't realize this is designated marksman rifle gun, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel so dumb every time I say that. I do. Some of our listeners. <laughs> <are. laughs> um, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, kind of really understanding like the why of what you're doing with it. Um, right. And if it's just kind of a, a general purpose gun where, you know, Hey, I need to, I need it to complete instead of just this one task I need to complete all of these tasks. Um, so then it's kind of going into the evaluation of, of what kind of components are going to help complete those tasks. Yeah. You're really looking at, um, at least from my experience, when it comes to like, a, especially in the beginning of assembling an AR and picking parts, it's, it's really form to function. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. what's like you said, what specific task is this rifle supposed to perform? Or what function is it going to most often, you know, run into? Like, like you said, yep. are you doing CQB? So everything's going to be close quarters or is this going to be, you know, for something like medium to long range or long range specific, but you're right. It does come down to that because then you're looking at, you know, type of optic, you're looking at weight, you're looking at barrel length, you're looking at handguard length, you're looking at, uh, I mean, even if you go suppressor, you're looking at extra weight there, you're looking at length yep. of that, you're looking at how much, how many decibels <laughs> is it actually like, you know, affect. And then it comes down to, well, if you're running suppressor, do you have an adjustable gas block? Because you're going to need yeah. one of those. And if you don't, are you running a piston build? Are you running direct? There's a lot that goes into this kind of stuff. Yeah. Being from the AR side of like, of, of the gunsmithing world, like I, I mm-hmm. can understand like all the tools involved. And I thought about for a half second getting into the, uh, the bolt action side until I realized the actual amount of skill it takes and equipment required just to build one of those things. So what kind of tools, like what kind of workspace are you, are you looking at when you're, when you're building these things? Well, so things have come along quite well and the user friendly aspects of things have really changed. Um, mm-hmm. So actually I have, so, you know, we think of, we'll, we'll say more of like an old school gunsmith. Everything's built on a lathe, mm-hmm. um, very traditional and, you know, and an extremely advanced version of this is somebody who's actually making their own actions. Um, right. They're, you know, down to the point where, I mean, some people are even, um, rifling their own barrels, right? That's typically, yeah, that's typically an extremely, 
uh, advanced skill set and the machinery required to do that is is extremely advanced, extremely large, extremely everything, right? It's a very extreme activity. So you have that side of it, right? Um, which you can definitely get into. Uh, but that's, I mean, we're talking like apprenticeship level stuff to, you know, you need to be doing right. this like your entire life to really have a grasp on it and to like not screw things up, you know, and then to the, the, we'll say middle of the road things is, you know, uh, you know, th- threading barrels, cutting chambers and stuff like that. Um, but you're using, you know, probably custom actions that somebody else built, um, something like maybe, uh, for bulk on stuff, we're talking about like, uh, you know, defiance, we're talking, um, American rifle company. Uh, you know, there's, there's a litany of, I don't know if litany is the right word. Um, disclaimer, I'm kind of retarded. Um, but you know, there's a, there's a plethora. There we go. Another one. Um, there's yeah, there a plethora of, of, of actions, uh, available. So you can do something like that where, you know, you don't have to have an extreme understanding of, uh, you know, the forces at play, if you will, to, you know, to have a really high quality item. Of course, they're going to be pretty expensive, Um, you know, anywhere from like, you know, full disclosure, I I haven't handled any of the arrow um, solace actions. I've heard good things about them. I've yet to see one in, you know in hand, but I would imagine that it's going to be a pretty nice action. Um, those ones right. started about 800 bucks. Uh, so that's, that's pretty affordable in the space of custom rifle builds. Um, but you know, for some people that's, you know, 800 bucks is a lot when you still got to buy a barrel, you still got to buy a scope. You still, I mean, you know, it adds up really yeah. fast. So it does. Um, so, you know, you can get just an action, something like that. Um, and then, um, and, and in my personal opinion, you don't have to spend a whole lot on an action. Um, I mean, there's definitely things that, that you can spend a lot of money on and, on a, and, excuse me, and a nice action is something that you, if you have the money, definitely invest in one. Absolutely. Uh, can you get mm-hmm. away with a, like a stock Remedy 700 action? Yes, you can. Um, especially if you can get it pretty broken and they can, they can work just fine for you. Um, really the heart of, of any rifle is going to be the barrel, right? The chamber in the barrel. Um, so what you can do now, um, Savage, I believe Savage started this. I, I could be wrong, right? Um, what's called like the, the barrel nut. I can't, I'm totally drawing a blank on what it's called. Right. Um, but it's a, it's a prefit barrel from a custom manufacturer um that has a barrel nut on it it's kind of similar to your ar i actually have one right here give me one second okay so this right here is a 24 inch um this is actually a bowl barrel meaning that from the chamber end to the uh muzzle end is the same dimension all the way across so when people are talking about uh barrel profiles it's how this steps down as it goes all the way down to the to the end of your uh right. so right. this is this is what's considered a considered a bowl barrel because the same dimension all the way down um so this right here is the um the chamber end of it 
And I wonder if you can hear that yep. on that. Can you guys hear that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that that beautiful sound that I, I hear so often. Yeah. Uh, so you have this part of it right here uh, at the very end of the I know we're doing a podcast audio, right? Um, so I'll try to explain yeah. it best I can for the listeners. Uh, but so then this, this side of it's going to uh, thread into your action. And rather right. than dealing with head spacing um, based off of well, head spacing is still based off of the shoulder, depending on what cartridge you're using. Um, excuse me. Uh, but to create tension on the action itself, you have this adjustable um, lock ring, right? Lock nut. Uh, yeah. So you're going to thread your action onto it. And then depending on where your head spacing is going to be, you're just going to thread um, this lock ring to create tension against your action so it doesn't move and you'll torque it down to uh, whatever spec is specified. Uh, typically, it's right. like 45, 50 inch pounds or uh, foot pounds, something like that. Uh, so that way, a when you're all done with it. difference for those of you who are listening. Yes, huge difference. Um, and always <laughs> make sure which one your device is set to, right? Um, yes. But then so then all of a sudden now you have a custom barrel fitted to, you know, a, a regular factory action and you've drastically improved uh, your accuracy. I mean, the overall capabilities of the rifle itself. Uh, and these are really not that expensive. Um, you can go some top of the line stuff like some something from proof barrels, something like that. And, you know, you can spend upwards of twelve hundred bucks um, for a barrel. Uh, this one is actually from a brand new company called Outlier, uh, Outlier Barrels, and they sent this to me to uh, to try out, and I have yet to actually put it on a gun and shoot it. So I don't have anything to say about it other than I don't know. It looks pretty sweet. Uh, it rings really good. That's cool. It's very heavy. It is very heavy. Uh, I don't know what it weighs. It's got some super deep fluting in it uh, to help. Yeah, I saw but, that. Uh, Goodness, but, uh, yeah, this thing is a freaking tank. I mean, like, I, I mean, it's, it's might as well be like a medieval eight uh, mace. I could just like just like smash somebody's yeah. skull with it. Just yeah. smack somebody with it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, to kind of go back to the to the question a little bit, you know, you could have a, uh, you know, a, a factory action, something. Uh, let me backtrack a little bit here. So how was started the barrel nut fad, if you will, um, if I am correct i could be wrong uh then uh remington kind of got on with it uh so then they started calling them remage style barrels uh which is the same thing it's going to be a custom barrel but it's going to have um that uh, it's going to really bother me i can't remember the name of this um uh, this locking nut on it right um this one yeah. happens to be for a howa so now they're calling these howage barrels right uh, to kind of still pay tribute to you know savage innovation uh, so right. this is kind of like the middle ground, right, of of um, a skill with a gunsmithing. It's it's and I say middle ground because is it difficult? No, it's really not. But it does require some specialty tooling, um, things like a barrel vise, an action wrench, uh, go no go gauges. Um, and, uh, and I found that some really good penetrating oil definitely helps out getting that old barrel off. Um, yes, but I mean, if, if you have those things, it's really not difficult. Um, I've done a couple of barrels and I mean, getting the old barrel off is the hardest part. Um, 
I mean, because they can be really on there. Like, oh my God, can they be on there? Um, the last one that I broke loose about sent my bench in half. By the time they cut loose, it just anything on top just Yikes. went flying, and I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, I'm like, I'm 260 pounds on a breaker bar, like trying to get this thing to go. And then when I finally cut loose, <laughs> she cut loose. So, jeez, Jesus, yeah. I don't know if you guys already um, said it, but the whole thing I feel like with gunsmithing, I mean, is it? You know, you have to be very specific with you know these tolerances with these you know with these specifications, but it's machining. You're machining. Yeah, you know, it's a machine. So yeah, yeah, you know, there's that's you know, it's you know, macro, you know, it can look very daunting, it'd be very, you know, uh very overwhelming. But mm-hmm. as long as you're good at compartmentalizing and just like, oh, you know, this is just a tool made up of parts and they have to work in a specific way, then you know, you can, you know, focus in and you know, pretty much do whatever you need to do. As long as you like you said, as long as you have the tools available. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing that kind of scared me from getting into that side of things was a lot of times you run into like barrel blanks and you can actually just machine that out to whatever caliber you want. But at the same time, it's like, how in the unholy hell do you do that? (laughs) I just picked up on it. I don't want this to blow up. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I want. Yeah. Yeah, that adds the uh, the consequence to you know what you're doing. You know, we definitely want to take your time and like, <laughs> hmm, every risk reward. Yeah, every uh, every gun that I that I build, I, I take out and shoot, and make sure there are functions and groups and stuff like that. Right. And there's, right. I mean, for the most part, they're all factory guns. I make seven so to it. It's not that big of a deal, right? But uh, there's definitely been some times. Where uh, you know you're laying back there and you run the bolt home, close it, and you're like, "All right, today is the day. Today is the day. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's light this I candle." Like it anyways, yeah. I, I found that if I'm actually scared of something like that, I will just tie a string to the trigger and race that sucker and pull back a little bit. It's not the right answer. <laughs> you shouldn't have to be scared I mean, of it. <laughs> what? That's definitely the that's There's definitely only the been one time answer. that I've ever done that. It's like, oh man, I hope this works. <laughs> like, I am not getting my freaking fingers blown off. I am not oh. turning into somebody from Iraq. Golly. <laughs> I'm more worried about that bolt flying back into my eye socket. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh. I, but yeah, the I mean, worst just, I've ever had it like just like disassemble like doing like internal stuff was young one was when I was a two forty gunner, oh and God. I would just have these kids that like had everything on me and they were trying to rack it. I'm like, stop, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> like, dude, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna lose your eye. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. And where our squad leader yeah. has actually go past the level ten, he has actually like disassembling the um. Uh, the uh, the tray, mm, yeah, the like oh, yeah. a ramp and everything. Tray, like, yeah. yeah, down yeah. to everything. Awesome. I was like, man, are you sure? <laughs> like, but he just he just like, and that's just the kind of guy he see. Sorry, see, that's just the kind of guy he was. Yep. He would just grab, yep, like a random like he grabbed a random armor. He's like, hey, show me how to do this. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, cool, whatever. <laughs> So I just love the world of of gunsmithing of, of just just firearms in general. I'm just so 
I, I'm so enamored with that. I've always been like that. It's like to me, it's like magic being able to like be here and touch something just mm. hundreds of yards away. And then like yeah. as yeah. I got older and I started thinking more critically and like, you know, researching all this stuff and just seeing how much goes into that, not even just the firearm itself, all the mechanisms involved itself, but just the physics to get something, you know, over there against you know wind against gravity against humidity against the curvature of the earth against insert the blank here right it's yeah. just it's magic to me it's so freaking cool math it's, it's amazing math. you input all <laughs> these things into math and it's gonna go as long as you do your fundamentals right that round is gonna go where you tell it to go yeah but just that, as long so as you don't that end, yeah as long as you don't mess up, yeah. Yes. As long that's as you're doing math. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, on that end, right, the actual application of the machine, but then on on the front end, just like, you know, I you know, people take it for granted so much. It's just like, yeah, I pull the trigger, it's gonna go. Okay. Yeah. But there's so much that goes into that. You know, and we're not talking, we're you know, this episode is about basic gunsmithing. Like, you know, in yeah. my mind, it's just like, you know, garage gunsmithing. You know, like, hey, I need to get this. You know, I need to get this rival together. I need to fix this. I need to, you know, whatever, right? Not yeah, like, yeah. you know, huge, you know, manufacturing type deal. But, you know, I feel like it's just the gateway drug because you can get so into it. You know, it's just. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it definitely can suck you in and it gets expensive. But mm. yes, on on, yeah. on the note of, of how complicated things can get. Um, have you guys heard of a company called TACCOM? Um or tech, TACOM mm-hmm. HQ, I think. Yeah. I, th- um, I think, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, I, they're the guys that they got the little uh, flip up. looks like a little monocle that flips up in front of your optic. And it raises your... Yep. It's like a little prism device. And it raises your, mm-hmm. um, your point of impact uh, like instantly out to 600 yards or, or whatever it is. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It's it's super rad. Those I would love to get crazy. Interesting. Um, what do you pretty, call it? They're pretty crazy. Uh, Tacom HQ. I think it's yeah. I, I think, think so, the yeah. company Tacom HQ. I could be wrong, um, but they they did a video on which is maybe I just haven't paid that much attention to their posts. But then like all of a sudden they started having like these super super in depth like like concept of engineering like discussions and posts and stuff like that with all these like videos to back things up. And they're talking about, um, vibration and, and essentially mm. like a whip of the gun, right? Like not just like barrel whip, right. Um, uh, but like how the whole gun vibrates together when it's fired. And so they have like some crazy high speed video of, uh, I believe it's like a 50 cal being shot and, and so they're talking about, you know, not just that the barrel is moving, right? Like a like a freaking garden hose when it's shot. Um, not quite that drastic, but you get my you get my point. Uh, right. But also the scope, like the scope completely just like flexes and like we just goes crazy on top of this thing because it's all aluminum, wow. right? Um, yeah. And yeah. You, you have a bomb going off under an aluminum and glass piece of equipment, um, and it's she moves. It's a spoiler alert. So it's just, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty wild to like, see that. And you're like, oh, maybe that's why I should like torque thing, torque things down. Right. So that it yes, doesn't move uh, out of place. 
Hey guys, Seven from the Hard Time Strongman Podcast here to bring a quick word for our newest sponsor, Blackbeard Firestarters. We first saw Blackbeard Firestarter a few years ago, and after seeing what the product can do, it's been our kit ever since. Their Firestarter rope and their fire plugs are windproof, waterproof, dummy proof. They have an insane burn time, and like anything else that they offer, it just works. Besides their fire stars, they offer an arc lighter, ferro rod, stormproof matches, basically anything that you need to get a fire started. To better equip you, we cherry picked their inventory and made our hard time strongman fire kit. Basically our essentials kit for anything that you can need to get a fire started. But besides that, they're offering 10% off anything in their store when you use the code STRONGMEN. We love the guys at Blackbeard Firestarter. We love what they're doing. We trust them and we trust their products. And we honestly can't recommend them enough. Make sure to check them out online at blackbeardfire.com or on Instagram at blackbeardfire. Huge shout out to the guys at Blackbeard Fire for working with us and for bringing the fire. As always, guys, stay in the fight. Hey everybody, this is 6 and 7 with the Hard Time Strongman Podcast. We are coming to talk to you about our Patreon and Discord. Hey guys, our patrons get early access to all of our episodes. They get all of our exclusive pre and post shows, all of our spicy takes, all of our rabbit holes that we go on. Everything that we want to include in an episode, but we can't because we need to stay on topic. And soon enough, we will be offering digital downloads, guides, everything that we've been working on in the background will soon be available to our patrons. So make sure to check it out. And come hang out with us on Discord. Speaking of the spicy stuff, this is where we discuss most of it. Once you're there, you'll get access to all of our in-depth discussions, including stuff like homesteading, fieldcraft, medical, camping, communications, shooting. You like ARs? Come talk to us about it. You like 4x4 vehicles and prepping? Come talk to us about it. You like Tannerite, Thermite, Napalm? Come talk to us about it. All of the campfire talks that would get us kicked off of other platforms? It's right there in our Discord. Come join our community. We're active on Discord every day. We're interacting with members constantly. We have guys from every walks of life coming to contribute their expertise to all of these various fields and subjects that we've been talking about. Come join the watch Discord. Come join the Discord. Join our community. Build up that better class of man. Now back to the episode. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so oh, go ahead. Go. No, go for it, please. Oh, so I was, I was kind of going back to, you know, tools of, of you know, garage gunsmithing, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like you can you can get a lot done with like a, for ARs, you know, like a pin block or disassembly block, of, um, a set of punches, right? Get them on Amazon. They're like 30, 40 bucks for, I actually have a pretty decent little set and I didn't, pay, I didn't pay very much at all for them. And same I mean, you can you can do a lot of work with that right there, and then you know one of yes. one of these bad boys uh, that yep. I don't even I don't armor's know what this wrench. is called. Aren't yeah, armor's wrench, right? Armor's um, wrench, yeah, armor's wrench. Thank I you. think I've used it that. twice. <laughs> I was that in a torque wrench for scopes. Yes, yes. Like um, that, I, I'd agree with you. That I'd say that's your you know your bare bones. Obviously, a lot of things to make your life easier. You just Yep, exactly. You, there you um, go. that's a pretty you cool just, one. 
reach behind you, click magnets yeah. all day. Just yep, magnet yeah. trays yeah, for all those little springs and things and everything. <laughs> yeah. All day. <laughs> I got some too. Yeah. So, I mean, sits so right I'm, on my vice. Yeah. And, and I have like a little, like a small, it's like a little four or five. It might be a six inch vice. It's not very big. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a nice tiny. Yeah. I had a little, uh, Three. you know, ego thing going on. I was like, yeah, the, the, the five inch vices. That's, that's enough. Right. That's plenty big. Then I got it. And I was like, oh, that's tiny. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm oh, I, can I was that. building toys here. Right. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, you know, having a, having a good vice is definitely something to, to have with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can get a 100%. lot done on an AR, um, for, I mean, for bolt guns, Bullguns are a little harder. Just I feel like the space they take up is is you have to like manage your space a lot differently. Uh, AR you can just throw it down. I got a decent workbench, uh, but you can throw it down on the kitchen table. No big deal. Versus like a bulk gun, it's just like all of a sudden everything starts getting huge, and you're like, God, I need like I need like two countertops for this. But there's like way less yeah, parts. Right. I don't know. It's weird. Um, uh, <laughs> I feel like my parts problem- they do have are big. That's yeah, true. Yeah, you. That's true. You make monsters. I was gonna say. I think my problem is that I just have a completely different mentality with bulkins than I do with ARs. Like yeah. just from when I've had to use ARs, I'm just like, oh, you'll be fine. Uh, to just throw it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, right. who cares? It's a club. Like, what? It's cool. Uh, what? I missed a pin. I have a drawer full of those. Like whatever. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't care. Yeah. Clamp it. Oh, okay. Whatever. But with a bulkin, I'm just like, you are. You're so much more precious than that AR I could throw down a hill. Like I need to, <laughs> I need to actually pay attention here. So that, yeah. and then just like, I feel like I, don't, I, I baby them just because I haven't, you know, I don't have enough hands on to really, you have a, that deep enough appreciation for it. But I'm just like, oh man, I want to barely touch the glass <laughs> on my, on my bolt guns. I'm like, I need to, need to be careful. The AR, I'm just like, yeah, there you go whatever yeah but a lot of that's a me issue obviously but you know you're right you know i mean there's a lot more space i feel like it's just more i not more specialized tools but you know they're just different tools precision yeah yeah i mean like you know me and six and i were talking while you were where you dipped out for a minute but the uh you know having like a a barrel vice to, to hold on like to your barrel right um right and then like some action wrenches to actually separate your barrel from action. Uh, and then some head spaces, head spacing gauges to put it back together again. And like a torque wrench um, to actually torque things down and make sure that it's all good. That's, I mean, that's really it. Um, if you want to start like taking apart triggers, that's like way smaller pieces. Um, nope. I, I wouldn't nope. do that. Don't, don't take apart triggers. Just nope. use that punch set, pull the old one off probably throw it in the trash we'll throw a new one in there go <laughs> get, a, get a new trigger right um yeah. you know go to go to timney or go to trigger tech or you know insert company here um and get yourself a nice trigger where do you you know learn your gunsmith where you just one of those guys who just like well i need to do this and you start turning things apart or did you re-up in books watch the videos like where do you start building your skill set uh so i'm definitely just kind of a uh, we, we did talk about this too, but, you know, kind of, uh, filling a need, uh, like, you know, something 
something broke, I have to fix it or something's not working right. I need to do something about it. Um, but also in employing a little bit of curiosity into that, um, and creativity of, you know, what happens if I do this, right? Let's, let's try this out. Right. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm essentially all self-taught. Um, you know, I will definitely, I'm no stranger to YouTube. Um, I, I will say this, if, if you're going to do something on a, on a, a weapon system and you're not familiar with it, you know, try to find a good, uh, a good YouTube video, you know, watch that video and then like, just, just watch the video itself and then pull the gun out in front of you and then like play it again. Right. And like, as you're going through it, okay, follow the steps, pause it when you need to you get to that place. Okay. Play it again. Right. So that like, it's still fresh in your mind, but you still have the guide right in front of you. Um, and, and I've done that with all kinds of stuff. Um, right. and you know, it's even if it's, it, it's, it's, it's annoying. Well, like we have like, okay, I need this specific answer, but I have to search this entire video. Like, okay, I know all that. I know all that. Where is this one yep. piece? And you know, and you're trying to find that. And like, uh, I even, I made a video one time because like everybody had videos like prior to what I needed and after what I needed, but nobody had a video of like exactly what I needed. So I finally figured it out and made a video. I was like, Hey, look, everybody, this is how you do this. Like nobody else will tell you, nice. but I figured it out. Um, but uh, that's that gatekeeping crap. Like there's so many people like they don't want to give up these secrets and they want to be like still valued. So they're not going to tell you how to do this specific critical part. I don't think it was intentional. It was just like everybody was doing like overviews and I needed like here's like, you know, your baseline knowledge. And I needed like beep, just, you know, right down below it. And everyone kind of breezed over difficult. the top. And I was like, damn it. That's not all right. Next video. All right. <laughs> um, so. See that right there, though, I found like you're never going to forget that, though, because like once you have to teach something like that just sticks, man. Well, see, the funny part is I think I already forgot it. I can't even remember. It was on a Ruger RPR and mm. I don't remember what it was. Something about the bolt and the extractor, something like that. But I'll have to go back and watch my own video. What do you feel like are barriers to entry? Mm. I guess I, I couldn't find a better way to say that. Like, what do you think is the hardest part you know besides the the confidence portion of actually getting into you know gunsmithing whether that's your your own or helping a buddy you know what's the what's the biggest leap there biggest leap is gonna have to be knowledge um like you don't have to attend a gunsmithing school to you know take apart a gun right um there's definitely ways that you can take it apart and damage it if you don't do it correctly um I was going to say, you definitely don't need the class to take it apart. You might <laughs> yeah, need it to, to put, put it back, back together. together. Very true. Very true. Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like so much of this comes down to like common sense. Like mm. if, if you played with Legos as a kid and you went outside of the instructions and like built other things with Legos, you can take apart again and put it back together again. But there's a couple of things that you have to understand is, is how is it supposed to work? Um, right. You need to be intimately familiar with how it's supposed to function before you ever touched it. Um, if you just like, you know, buy a build kit and just set it down in front of you and you're like, I don't know, I guess I'm building a gun. You know, you're going to have a bad time. Um, right. Versus, you know, being like really familiar with ARs or something like that. And they'd be like, hey, man, like the, you know, 
the boat's not going all the way forward. Like, okay, why is the boat not going forward? And then like having to think that way about it rather than, well, I don't know, man, I just followed the steps and it like didn't not having it it result doesn't shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a really critical part of it is, you know, you have to have that going into it is, is understanding what task you're trying to accomplish. Um, I mean, equipment too. Um, I mean, look, so, I mean, I'll, I'll speak directly to the person that's like listening to this, like, well, you know, something's wrong with my gun. I got to fix it. Like, find somebody who has done this before. Um, there's probably like, if you like guns, there's a good chance that your friends like guns too. And there's a good chance that one of your friends has done something like this. Just ask them. Uh, or I mean, man, just like reach out to somebody on Instagram. Uh, either right. if it's a, I mean, I do that. I do that. I'll go on, um, I'll go on these super custom, uh, gun uh pages like uh montana precision rifles like that fantastic rifles just gorgeous right yeah like yeah I they're mean, awesome I'll, i will say well out of my league right and i'll just ask him hey man this is what <laughs> i got going on like am, am i stupid like what's going on and most i mean i've never had anybody be like no man like i don't you know get out of here or or just like blow me off like some they'll at least answer right. me back or point me in a direction um so, I don't know. Uh, is, I'm trying to think what else might be, you know, a barrier to entry. Space and money. I mean, <laughs> yes, I was going to say money for sure. Space, that's a good one. I mean, hell, I had to rig my freaking workbench to fold down. Yeah, that's a great I mean, idea. I don't have enough space, so it's mounted to the wall and it can fold up and throw the legs under it and you're good to go. But, yeah, you're right. Like, Money and space. If you don't have the capital to put towards getting like your equipment, your tools, mm-hmm. your workbench, everything that you're going to need, like that's a huge barrier to entry. Yep. You got to spend money to make money. And a lot of the stuff is buy once, cry once. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. At the same time, like I, I feel like I've either gotten really lucky or, or I don't know. I'm just like a cheap ass. Because um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's funny because I think a lot of this stuff comes from like a lot of my infrastructure here that I have in my little shop is because I mean, prior to this company, I was, I was trying to manufacture, um, small batch ammunition. And so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to build, um, you know, small batch precision rifle ammo. And, uh, I learned, I failed at that, but I learned a ton uh, in that, in that period. And it really helped set me up for this. Uh, and a lot of the, the infrastructure that I, you know, built and and purchased for that purpose is now helping me leaps and bounds with this. Um, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of like the workbenches I already have, um, I mean, really, for, for me personally, granted, I'm an FFL, I have to store and secure things, right? If you're just a Joe Schmo, then, you know, you know for the safety of others, you should probably do something with your guns, right? I'm not going to tell you you need to have a right. safe and everything needs to be in it and, you know, yada, 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 NRA. Um, 
Highly recommended, though, in my opinion. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I have guns laying all around my house. Um, <laughs> Good but, to know. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm not like a like a huge like, you know, like every gun has to be cabled and everything. Like, I don't I don't think I right. even no, have a gun cable in the house. No. Right. Um, but, you know, so there's there's certain things that I have had to do, um, you know, to secure different you know, items and articles and stuff like that. Um, I kind of forgot what's going on this tangent. Uh, <laughs> I got off on the gun safety thing. Uh, it's okay. But, oh, yeah, infrastructure. So, I mean, there's definitely ways you can yeah. do it. I mean, a look around on, like, offer up. Look on uh, that Facebook marketplace. Look on, and, and don't just, like, you know, don't, like, if you're looking for, like, a workbench, for gunsmithing don't type in like gunsmithing workbench like find something that will suit your needs you know in in a in a different way like what can you repurpose to uh to suit your needs like my my primary workbench right back here is actually an old um battery charging station for a tractor company um they had these big like bays underneath of it and they would slide batteries in it and that's where they would store them and then they would pull them out on top and charge them and stuff like that and um so for me and you know it's not a battery charging station it's a workbench with a bunch of cubbies in it so we're sweet yeah like perfect that's awesome yeah and i got it for free right uh, i just had to transport it fix it up a little bit painted it and bob's your uncle um yeah that's so awesome. like you don't you don't have to go and you know Buyer, like if, if especially like if you don't really know how to build things, right? Like I'm not a good like big woodworking guy. I know how to cut some boards and throw some nails and stuff, right? I can do that, uh, right. but you don't have to be like a carpenter to be like, oh, I need a workbench. Like let's go down to Home Depot and and you know get all the you know, the redwood oak and whatnot. I think those are different kinds of wood. See, I'm showing my my true colors and yeah. Um Redwood and oak, cedar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 one of those. Something oak cedar bark something, uh, weeping willow. Uh, but so yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't have to go do something like that. Um, and, and same thing with like metal benches. Like you don't have to, you don't have to go like build this crazy, you know, uh, stuff that you see at like Costco or whatever. You don't got to do that. Um, right. And and I mean, like this this actually bench or this uh shelving got that for free there's some shelving back there yeah. got that for free that all the shelving over here on on this side of the garage you can see some i don't know actually those ones i did pay for um but like that shelving over there got that for free there's more big shelving over there got that for free right and it's just kind of like stuff that's built up over time um they just kind of have to keep an eye out for and then lo and behold oh look at that you know but i have i have equipment um to empower you to, to do things uh which is funny i literally as i'm saying this i literally just look up at my reloading bench and i see is that a mag strip look at that there's a mag strip because i i was just playing with that mag strip with my tools on it and i was like i should get another mag strip and then i look up and there's a mag strip attached that i've never even noticed before attached to my reloading bench and it's been there for five years now 
and I never noticed it. So I'm going to pull that off and stick it somewhere else, right? Um, There you go. Repurposing. Yeah. Repurpose, look around, figure it out. You can do it. Yeah. We teach that here. (laughs) So along those lines, so obviously, you know, money material, you you have a lot of barriers to entry. So what are some realistic things that if someone was trying to get into home gunsmithing, what should they be looking for? I mean, obviously we've hit, you know, your table, your vice, um, free shelves. If you can find stuff because parts, you're going to want to have a lot of freaking parts on hand, spare parts. I, I have learned that the hard way when I've set the freaking detent pins, freaking <laughs> flying across into my orbit. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. So, I mean, uh, an organization too. um, find a way yes. like as you're building, think of organization in mind so that, okay, I can have parts over here for this. I can have parts over here for that. Uh, keep things separated, labeled, um, which is very difficult. Something, I, I am not an organized person. My wife is OCD. I am not. I am an organized chaos kind of guy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my, like my wife hates coming into the shop here. She's just like, comes in and like closes her eyes and she's like, oh my God, what is this? Like, get Ooh. away. Right. Um, she's the type that like labels all the drawers and, you know, like, oh, the red pens yeah. go over here. But- the blue pens go over here. And I'm like, they're all pens. Like, throw them in there. Um, so, like in pencils too why not right markers sure uh, no why not why not why not yeah my, i guess my organization is just a lot more like broad like oh writing things that drawer right uh, so anyways it, you know keep that in mind when you're when you're getting stuff going um but yeah i mean i mean space to work um organization you know some some basic tool sets um you know the punch set um, action wrench, uh, bench vice. We, we talked about these types of things. Uh, some levels is also right. good to have. Um, and you know, start with, start with small jobs, right? Don't, don't expect to be jumping in anything crazy. Um, and, and don't ever be afraid to tell somebody like, no, I can't do that. Right. Rather like, don't ever learn on somebody else's gun. Unless they're a hundred percent okay yeah. with it, and they tell you like, "Yeah, man, like go for it." Um, yeah. If if they're okay with that, fine. Um, but I mean, I've had to tell people no, right? Like, I don't, I don't have a lathe. I'm not turning barrels. I'm not cutting chambers. That's how I can keep my rifles as affordable as they are. Is because I'm not doing that super um, laborious amount of work. It's just not happening. Right. So, I had a guy. Um, he sent me a barrel and, uh, I guess a friend gave him the barrel, um, it was a Christensen arms, carbon fiber barrel, um, cause he upgraded the barrel on his rifle or whatever. And so he said, here, gave, uh, take this and build a gun off of it. I'm like sweet. Right. So he sends me, he sends me this barrel and he says, Hey, you know, let's, um, let's build a gun off this. And I said, okay, so I get a hold of Christensen Arms and kind of ask them about it and stuff. And and uh, and I can't just get an action through them because I wanted to kind of keep it, you know, all together. No, I have to buy like a whole rifle just to get an action. I'm like, okay, well, that's a waste, right? Um, I hate that. I hate proprietary it, yeah. stuff. Um, and so they say, oh, well, you know, um, I explained to them what I'm trying to do. And they were super cool about it. And they go, well, you know, any Remington 700 action will work. 
And I go, okay. And I happen to have rimmed 700 action, like literally laying in front of me. I go, all right, neat, right? This simplifies it. And so I thread this, uh, this action on and the, the barrel is way too long, way, way too long. Like the, the thread section on the, uh, uh, on the, the barrel itself is, is probably like a quarter inch too long. And cause like you can shim Ooh. things, right? Uh, they make barrel shims and not stuff that like amount. that. Yeah. Not that much. Yeah. Um, not that amount. So in order to, to make that work, I'm going to have to cut the barrel. And because it was a 300 wind mag barrel, it, um, it hits bases off of the belt on the chamber, not on the shoulder, even, even if it wasn't the shoulder, yep. so it had to recut the chamber on it. Um, and so like, yep. that's, I have to have a lathe for that. Um, and so I told the guy, I'm like, I'm sorry, man. Like I, I, I'm not doing this. Like, uh, if this was my barrel and I had like nothing better to do, well, you know, I might, might figure it out. Right. Um, might yeah, find it. Take a hacksaw to it. Well, no, I mean, I would, I would find somebody with a, with a lathe and, you know, rent it for, you know, a couple yeah, yeah, hours yeah. And, and try to figure it out. Um, right. But, you know, told the customer, like, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Like, I'm, I'm not doing this. Um, so, like, I, I don't have the previous skill set and I'm not going to learn on your gun. Uh, okay. No, that's fine. No problem. And, uh, and, you know, that's that. And, like, did I lose out of a sale? Yep. Um, but, you know, like, what, what's better? Him, you know, he does. He doesn't get a new gun, or he gets like a screwed up, jacked up one, and I get bad mouths because I, you know, did a crap job on his gun. Well, you know, <laughs> pick and choose what you want. Um, yeah, and that's a that's a big thing too, because like he might not have bought something from you, but because you were honest with him, you were mm-hmm. upfront with that stuff, he will likely come back, or he will send someone else to you because of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, start smart. Start with small jobs, triggers, right? Handguards. Um, yep. Uh, move on to some other things, like maybe uh, you know, gas blocks. Um, if you want to start getting into like, uh, like pinning things, you know, you can start looking into building a, uh, a bolt carrier group, um, pinning, you know, gas blocks and stuff like that. I mean, there's there's like some more, we'll say, technical things where you're actually like moving metal um, and to where we'll say the the price, the price of your consequences gets more and more as you go up. Right. Like trigger, you can't really screw up a trigger unless you like do something really stupid with it. Right. Um, Right. And guard kind of the same thing. Right. Either it goes on and it fits. If it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. Right. Um, Versus like. You know, you, uh, I don't know. You, you, that, you need to get what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel like Joe Biden. Over yeah, yeah. No, I get you. Know the thing, I, I thing. you. No. Yeah, the thing, the thing with the thing. The, yeah, the yeah. place. Yeah. So, you know, as you. No, I get you. As uh, as things get a little more involved, the, the, the price goes up on, on your mistakes, right? Um, even same right. things with you get into. Seven. Every time we come in, we're talking about barrels because it's just about to start talking about barrels. <laughs> I really liked what you were saying about um, just understanding the, you know, in my mind, I automatically go to like cycles of function, but just like the like the why, yeah, behind, yeah, you know, you know why the critical thinking involved, why the fire, the knowledge does, of why function, why the machine that's a big works. thing too, yeah, right. 
It's like you want it to do this, so let's think about how it actually does that and where it's going wrong. Because when you're teaching yes. somebody about it, like when you're first teaching someone about a, a firearm, like when I'm teaching someone about the AR-15 or you know, M4 when I was in, it was like, okay, I would like show them like, hey, you know, it goes in the magazine, the magazine, you know, and I would just walk through visually like why everything does yep. what it does, because if something goes wrong, you can diagnose based off of where it goes wrong at. So, yeah, you know, exactly. reason it would have to work the same thing with with gunsmithing. But right. You know, just having that having that intimate knowledge and you know i really like you know what you said just you know something was broke i had to do this out of necessity so i just took it apart you know i yep, feel like yep. a lot of that's lost on us but you know i've got what i get way back when uh just small arms like a, you know just small arms um just general gunsmithing like gunsmithing ar 15 just a couple books and you know i lived on youtube for a long time while i was learning how to you know just do basic you know, home stuff. And then the rest of it was hands on, but yeah, you know, even just knowing, so especially like going from like the AR to a bolt gun to a foreign firearm, just understanding those basic functions are, you know, obviously absolutely essential. Yeah. Yeah. You bring up a good point about foreign firearms too, is no, I don't know. I don't own an AK. I should at some point, I definitely want to. Same. Um, (laughs) You know, I've, I've yeah, shot a same. couple of them, um, but still like, you know, having like a very baseline understanding of it, of like, okay, um, what is it supposed to do? Right. Uh, you pull the trigger, there's a firing pin or there's a hammer and a firing pin that falls, right? Strikes the round, it goes off, gas comes somewhere, right? I have a pretty good point. I can, you know, look on the barrel and it probably comes right out of there, right? There's the exhaust port, yep. comes back. Um, I see, you know, roughly how the bolt's going to function when it, you know, when it's cycling. Um, and you can kind of get a, a, a pretty basic understanding of what's supposed to be going on here. Um, and then from there, you can look at, you know, where points you can look at, um, some very obvious things. Uh, strangely enough, like the, the, probably the most obvious thing I'll do when somebody like if I've, I'll pick up a gun is like shake it like. It's, that's going to tell me so much immediately. If I pick it up and I shake Real, it and it, it rattles. Will. All right. Like step one. What the hell was that? Um, <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I mean, it could be like something super, super simple. Uh, it could be something not simple. Uh, you know, this, it's going to tell you so much about, about, you know, how the firearm was put together. Right. Like if somebody's like, it's happened to me a couple of times where uh, just out at the range day with some, you know, telegram guys or whatever. And they're like, you know, hey, shoot my gun. And I go, OK, then I like, I you know, pick it up. And as soon as I'm as soon as I'm just like moving it to my shoulder, I feel vibration in it. And I'm like, why is this vibrating? Like, I'm not doing anything with it. Right. And it's uh, so then like stop and like, look, I might, you know, shoot it a couple of times. And you can just like feel either like the grunge or pings or something. And you're like. do I tell them something's wrong with this or, you know, do I look at it first? Um, Both. You know, (laughs) in my mind, both. Yeah. Um, And so, but I mean, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's happened where it's like, like, you you left the house with this. What? (laughs) You're not wrong. I've done that. I have had days where I picked up somebody's rifle. I just, 
just mm-hmm. like, no, take it away. <laughs> Stop yeah. it. The, the sound of like rust or dirt and grime in there as you're racking that freaking charging handle back. And it's just like, so, oh, dude. Strangely enough, at this last uh, little shooting event that I went to, it was kind of like a pistol class type deal or whatever. And um, this uh, this guy that was it was in attendance. Um, he had a it was a Sig P through sixty five XL, whatever. I like that gun a whole lot. Um, I see you shaking your head over there. I'm I'm a Sig user. I'm not a fanboy, right? Uh, but I I'm, I like Sigs. Um, so and yes, I appendix carry my P three twenty. So, eh. um, but <laughs> you'll shoot your dick off. a real man. <laughs> uh, around here we die like he men. Fears nothing. We tell like men. Nutless. But, uh, you know, I'm into those really, really quick gender reassignment surgeries. Typically involuntary, too. <laughs> it's a surprise. There's nothing wrong with surprises. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gosh. Um, but anyway, so, you know, we're out there shooting and uh, this, this guy, Sig, just like, he's it just keeps having, I can't remember what, what the failure was, but he's having failure to eject i think is what it was and so i kind of like casually like wander like oh what's going on over here and uh and i like see him you know racking this thing it's just like you know like might as well have like sandpaper inside of it and i'm like all right so take it from him like it's like bone dry and i like bone dry just pulled out of the box like it's like bone dry like you like put it in the yeah. oven and just like baked every ounce of moisture out of this thing and um that pains me just to hear i because i know so exactly mm. yes yeah, so, so like drop the mag and i'm like running the slide on it and i was like he was like do you have any lube and he was like no i don't have any so like i mean i guess just to be an asshole i don't know I've, and i've always wanted to do this i just like <laughs> Like spit right right on his barrel and just (laughs) what a monster! I'll throw the mag in and then like five rounds, no problem. And I'm like, oh, look at that! A little lubrication goes a long way. And hand it back to him. And like I went over and I grabbed you know a handful of nine mil and like gave it to him. I was like, this is for the ammo I shot at your gun. And uh, anyway, I've always wanted to do that. I've actually, I've actually wanted to do, yeah, I've always, I've wanted to do a video. Um, someone's going to steal my idea. It's, it, I'll just have to do the video before this airs. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, two weeks. do a video of like, weeks. yeah, like an AR shooting and like the, uh, you know, super dry, like malfunctions and whatnot. It goes, oh no, what's wrong? And then somebody pulls out like a giant thing of Astroglide and just <laughs> right into the bolt. Yeah. <laughs> And then just have it run like flawlessly or have it shoot, like put a swap it out for like a, a, oh a full auto god. lower on it. And, and mag dump it. Oh my oh, god. That would be that'd be pretty funny. So now I just have Gosh. to make that happen before the stairs because otherwise someone's going to steal my idea. So what gunsmithing can be realistically done at home? Like what's a Take good, two. you know, what's a good goal to shoot for? A good goal to shoot for is a gun that actually shoots. And hits things you're looking at, looking to hit. Um, kind of a no die answer on that one. Um, Based. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Uh, one that doesn't <laughs> blow up in your face. Um, Fair. Even better. Oh, man, that's going to super bother me because I had like an actual intelligent answer for you um, of where this was going. That's right. That's right. You were right, though. I mean, like with the, you know, with most of the tools that people already have, you know, if you need to get, you know, some just plain chain basic tools, you know, it's a little more specialized than what you'd use around the shop. But, you know, they're easily, you know, easily found and a little bit of know-how or a little bit of, you know, just, you know, the balls to get in there and figure it out. You know, you can do a lot of this stuff. You talked about manufacturing, too. I look behind, you know, six and I see a 3D printer that is collecting dust and people are having a lot of really great, you know, Sorry. luck in that area. You know, a lot, a lot of great innovations coming out of there. Guys that I've seen that actually being used, the FGC nine, like mm-hmm. people just yes. pumping stuff out. You know, like you said, you know, several times in the episode, if you know, like as long as you know the basic just functions, like what does this thing need to do to work, then you can work around that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, I was going to say 3D printing is kind of the, the one exception to like what you can you can do. Um, without having like a mill and a lathe. Um, you know, I had a 3D printer for a while, which is weird. I'm, I'm tech, I'm on paper, I'm a computer guy. Um, but in reality, I'm not really a computer guy. I'm much more of like a hands on, you know, feel your way around um, type Same. of guy. So, you know, 3D printing didn't come very easy to me, but, you know, I like, I kind of taught myself some, some CAD stuff and, trying to like design parts and stuff like that. And so like I, I made some, um, I made some, uh, like plus twos for magazines and stuff like that. And, cool. um, they, they did actually work. Um, I found a slight problem in summertime. They, they get a little soft, especially if you leave them in the mm. car and then they, and you know, uh, that gets fun. So I wouldn't recommend that or at least to find better. Surprise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I mean, yeah, there's, um, there's a lot of things you can do. Like, I mean, it, so one of the, the easiest things that you can do for a firearm to increase, um, your enjoyment when shooting it and, and performance, we'll say as well, um, is really like how you interface with the gun. So like, if you kind of look at those things where like, yeah, I like, I, I have this gun, like an AR, right. Um, it's not the greatest, but like somebody else's, you know, shoot your buddy's gun and you're like, wow, that thing is awesome. Like, why is it awesome? Right. It's, you know, you interface with the gun in a couple of different ways. Um, you know, your cheek, your hand, um, probably your other hand and your trigger. Um, so eyes too, but that's aiming device. So there's, you know, there's like literally a handful of things, um, that you can kind of look at. So me personally, like trigger first. Um, and this is given that like a gun functions correctly and stuff like that. Um, upgrade a trigger in it. Uh, they're not too terribly expensive. 150 bucks will get you a, a, a good drop in trigger. Um, me personally, I yeah. like uh, velocity triggers, um, you know, rise armament, um, even apparently uh, PSA, uh, Palmetto state armory has some, some really nice drop in triggers too. I, have never used them, but I've heard really good things about them. Um, and Dude, PSA has come a long way. They really have. They're they're pumping out a lot of stuff recently. Well, did you know that PSA actually bought? I, I think this is what they what happened was PSA bought out um, 
AAC. No yeah, way. Same company. Makers, yeah. No friggin' yeah. way. That's crazy. Yeah. No wonder. Same guys that make the 300 blackout. Yeah. Wow. Or came out with the 300 blackout originally. I, th- I think that was them, right? AAC. Yeah. Yeah. Same same company. Um, yeah. I love your well, point about same interfacing company, with, the, with, the, with the firearm. Because the two or like the three biggest uh, changes I've ever you know felt in a firearm is where I changed the buttstock, the grip, and the trigger out. Yep. Yeah. And that's so just, like that even, changes everything. It's like a fingerprint. Yeah. And so I mean, even looking at you know this rifle right here, the audience oh, the can't fatty. see right. BCM gunfighter buttstock. I'm not. I'm not super crazy about it. Does it work? Yep. Um, the only reason I bought this was because it was the same price as like the Magpul, like standard. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's not the M, yeah, like right. yeah. the garbage plastic M4 piece of crap um, that you get on like yeah. your you know mil spec M4. The one that spins around. <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, so I ended up. I was like, yeah, I'll try the I'll try the the gunfighter one. Um, and so, you know. I, this one i would take it or leave it yeah it works um but definitely something other than that piece of crap mil spec one that you get on all of your um like base model of, you know what i'm talking about i don't even know what it's yeah. called other than the m4 it, buttstock it sucks. i was gonna say like it's the, the a2 i was gonna say like the m4 standard and not the a2 like the m4 just he, he's talking about the oh yeah yeah, yeah the that uh, piece the, of crap yeah what is that the a4 i don't know yeah stock i I don't know i know what you're talking about it's the the collapsible stock one that sucks yeah um that i mean we all pulled off as soon as we got in country (laughs) yeah um the uh the pistol grip i'm I'm like immediately throw out the a2 pistol grip right um yep and then obviously the trigger um which funny enough this one actually does have a mil spec trigger in it it's just heavily heavily worn in um and I just haven't, I haven't oh. swapped it for a mil spec. Um, there's, there's the girl I built. There she is. Hello. Because <laughs> this is the A2. Yeah. And yeah. I love the A2. I remember. I've always loved the yeah. A2. I love how I got, it feels. I love how it integrates. I love the hole. And then this. Oh, this there you go. I don't know. I don't remember what, what company it is, but it's fat. So right here. That's Ergo. Ergo. Big yeah. old. Mm. Ergo grip. Big old fatty grip. I got that on like everything because I have but, big hands as well, and it's like I like to just manhandle everything. Yeah, but, but yeah, it, man, I go with the mm, I go oh. with that B five stock. It's it's like a clone of that Magpul one mm-hmm. where it's got the extended cheek weld. I stole a Magpul one out of the top of a striker. I found it in a box. <laughs> nice. so I was like, oh, that's mine. And yep. I love that's it. Right so that's on, my pack. Yeah, that was on my that's yeah. on my AR right now. But yeah. it's fun. It holds batteries. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, man, you're you're right. It's 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 all the little things that can just change the feel of it. Like the first thing is I usually pull or change out are the trigger. Um, sometimes the charging handle kind of depends on what's already on there. Uh, the grip and uh, the selector switch. Actually, I don't like the ninety degree selector switch. I always go to either a sixty or forty five because I want to be able to just go sixty on. Yeah, yeah. the, the sixty is definitely better. I. I typically don't swap them out. Um, to me, it's like such a just a. I've done it so much. I don't even think about it. Right. It's yeah, it's, it's right. on. It's off. I just use it. Um, I mean, definitely they 
they definitely need to get broken because they're always like really chunky and right. Uh, so I mean, like yeah. when I get it, I'll just like play with the selector and just and just break that in as much as I can. Um, throw oil down in and just just break it in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, All day. But yeah. that's surprisingly that's one thing that I haven't like bothered to swap out. Um, I've shot with them on forty fives and uh, forty five sixty degree throw, whatever it is, and it's nice. I mean, I agree with you; it's definitely nicer. Um, but it's just something I haven't spent money on and put the effort into actually swapping it. Yeah, right. It's, it's sometimes it's just personal preference with a lot of this stuff. I don't like four grips and shit, so you know. Yeah. Or you know, painting your rifle. I don't know who doesn't do that. <laughs> Paint your rifle. Is that what you said? Yeah, painting your rifle. Hey. I so I'm a I'm a huge believer in actually painting your rifle, uh, not just because it looks cool, right? Um, but specifically to get over the fact that you need to take care of it, like yes. that you need to baby it. You're not wrong. Um, hundred percent. Like it's I've babied this too much. Like like even this one, it was it was black and it had a I think it had like a burnt bronze lower on it. Um, and I was like, no, it looks pretty cool. Like maybe I won't paint it right. Black gun with like the burnt bronze floor. Cause I got it all like blem stuff. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Right. right. Um, and, uh, but then it has like, oh, like I had that, that, that thought creeping on my mind of like, oh, well I have to kind of keep it nice. Right. I need to mm. like, I kind of need to take care of it. And then I was like, no, I got to paint it. Right. I need to I need to get that aspect out of my mind. It is a tool. It's getting used. Right. And it will yeah. get used up and then it gets replaced. Like none of this, you know, like, oh, I need to can't get scratched unless it's customer's gun is, you know, different story. Right. Um, but yeah, like if I can't take it, like open the door to the truck and like toss it in the back seat. What am I doing? Something's wrong. Right. Something's wrong. Like, like it's, it's, 100%. A, you know. It, I'll, I'll use the terminology like it's a weapon of war, right? Not like in mm-hmm. this like frou-frou like, oh, no, it's a weapon of war. Like, no, that's made for killing people. Like, what do you what else did you think it was for? Like, well, we have fun know, with it in the off time. Ago, this part was killing people. Yes. Like, exactly. Yeah. What the hell am I doing? Like, babying this thing. And you know what really <laughs> yeah. got me? What made me like just kind of kicked me into gear. Like I went out and I painted all my guns was that mm-hmm. one grand video old grand where he oh, had, yeah. where he yeah. painted the scar. And then mm-hmm. it's like, he started with throwing it on I the ground. That. I was like, Hey, I remember that. <laughs> what were you doing? And then everyone liked it. Just like, I don't know what it just clicked in my head. I was like, Oh yeah. I forgot what these were for. <laughs> and I went out, I went in my garage. I painted all my guns. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not worried about it anymore. Like, you know, yeah. like so, you said, if it listen, breaks, it gets replaced. Yep, it's a listen, tool. Like I it's will, my job to take care of my tool. I will, I will paint that three hundred blackout at some point. <laughs> but that day is not this. But day. that day is not today. Ah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> how many years have you had that three hundred blackout? So how many years have you lived in shame? Through, <laughs> so that three hundred blackout has gone through so many iterations. Before it was on, like. That was actually my first like purpose built gun. None of those iterations were painted. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Not a single damn one of them was painted. But that thing has gone through so much stuff between like being on uh, 
arrow furniture with a laser on it. And now it's at the point where I wanted to put the it got to the point where I wanted to put the suppressor under the handguard, which is why I went with the arrow stuff. And then I was like, this is going to be freaking annoying if I have to take it off and use the gun because it's going to blow this furniture apart because of the muzzle device. So then I had to go with somebody else's stuff and honestly, I still haven't brought myself to just paint it. And I know I need to. It's just I love that gun so much. I don't want to, you know. Yeah, you need to immediately get over that. Like, go drag okay. it out right are, now and go paint that. What are you as a man doing worrying about a piece of metal? Okay. Fair. Go pee on it. I, I go pee on it. <laughs> you want to watch? I'll do it. <laughs> I didn't realize we were sponsoring his OnlyFans right now. <laughs> I was, Only gets. I was thinking about making an OnlyFans and then just having normal episodes on there. I mean, that's what it was intended to do. Know. You know, it's just diversifying. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, oh no! no but that... that to me, that's like the easiest thing to get people into for for gunsmithing. So, yeah, like, absolutely, my buddy. I actually got him over the uh, over the the painting thing because he was showing me a new gun that he had built, and I was like, "Oh, it's really cool, man." Why is it black? And <laughs> it's just like let's go paint it. I, I, seriously, I like like our family. Like we were like our families were visiting. I was like, no, we're going to the garage. And like I shrugged up and I made him paint it. And he's like, oh, I feel better. I was like, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like now I we, understand that. Yeah, now we can get to work. Like yeah, there's like hesitation. There's some stuff I just I I feel like I can't bring myself to paint like. My my six five Grendel is sitting on uh, radiant furniture it's because you're I'm holding like, on to the weakness. Can't do it. Sh- shame. Can't do it. Shame him. It's because shame. it's because okay. you're Fine. it's because you're holding on to that weakness. My brother in law came over and he saw like I had a couple of guns out. Guys, I was showing him. I don't remember where I was showing him. Oh, my bad lover. Love that thing. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, bad I, lovers on everything. I was just showing her like my stuff, and he's like, "Oh, you you paint all these?" I said, "Well, yeah." <laughs> It's like, I don't know, but it's the easiest thing to do because it's a rattle can. I could care less if I screw it up. I'll paint over it. You know, it's whatever. It's the safest yep. thing that you can do to a rifle. And then after that, it, like it you really said, you get is. over that mental, that mental whatever, that barrier. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is a tool that I can work on. Like, it's not made out of glass. Yeah, it's it's honestly like when I have that, it's especially like. It's a little bit different with customers guns because I'll, I'll paint customers guns too. Okay. Um, but there's definitely like that. It sounds super stupid, but it's like the, like the achievement unlock, right? You're like, Oh, uh, I don't know. You're like, screw it, man. I got to do it. Then you're like, And then it's like, ding, ding, you know, like, yep. You can do it. And then you're like, okay. And then you're like, Oh, this is pretty cool. And then it gets done. You're like all excited about it. it it's like the, the best, cheapest thing you can do, do for your gun is like just paint the damn thing. And you're going to yeah. love it so much more. You're going to be excited about it. Um, like every, every time I paint something, I bring it in to the house and like show my wife like, look, look what I did. Yeah. Look at this thing. And she's like, oh, my God, that looks great. Or she'll just be like, that doesn't look good. And I'm like, yeah, I was kind of thinking that, too. Then I was like, all right, I'll be right back. And then just go and just yeah. pick different colors and paint over it. 
or I mean, I'll let it dry first and then paint over. Well, right, but, yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. I had the same thing when I was a kid, not with guns, obviously, but with uh, with knives. Like oh. I was like, I I loved like knives. I love being outdoors. You can't like you know camping, hunting, everything. But like I really babied my knives, and it took until my dad was just like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> like it's a it's a tool. What are you doing, like, boy? Like a, oh, he's like, it's like a hammer. You don't care yeah. about the hammer. Like just you use the stupid thing. And it took until I just like really bust up the edge, and then I like I went and I you know sharpened and everything, and it's like, oh, you know this isn't like broken forever. Like I can actually. You know, I, yeah. like I, I trust my my tool that I can I can be it up and I can yeah. you know take care of it and fix it later. So it takes five minutes to resharpen a knife. You have a I wedding do not stone. have one of those Why with this thing. Do, because with a wedding stone, it takes for freaking ever versus this. I can resharpen an entire kitchen's worth of knives in 30 minutes. Your weakness disgusts to me. beyond factory. So eat a dick num, 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 num. no you're too. right i cut the crap out of my hand with a tomahawk one time after i was, I was shocked like across my palm i was like oh <laughs> it's oh. like dig it i was making this well, it's giant... like the last time we were... oh good go ahead no 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 go 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 okay yeah i was making this giant uh like super super heavy uh machete one time in my parents backyard and I, I sharpened it down really, really good. Um, this thing was as ugly as, as sin, right? I don't know. For some reason, I decided, I was like, oh, I'm going to make knives. Uh, and they were just terrible. Cool. They were so bad. Um, and uh, and so as I'm like, I can't remember what I was doing. But I had just gotten it all nice and sharp down. I had it in the, in the vise, like, blade up so I could, like, work on it. And I did something and, like, slipped and I hit my hand like down on top of it and it and it cut like all three of my the tips of my fingers where they all like meet and just like pow right on top. And it oh my god, it hurt. It hurt. I thought that was probably one of the most painful cuts was like <laughs> That's miserable. It was it was bad. I totally forgot about that until mm-hmm. right now. Thanks. I appreciate it. Like, you're, you're just, welcome. Yeah, I feel the go. pain. The pain's coming back. That reminds me when we were recording the other day and I was sitting here literally just sharpening my freaking my kitchen knife right in front of him showing how this works. And I just, you know, go 90 degrees from the blade just doing this. And then I'm like, that feels weird. I look down and it had taken a entire chunk out of my thumb. That's how sharp it had gotten. Just me sitting there just sharpening away right in front of him. And I went to like, oh, yeah, look how sharp this is. <laughs> I'm looking down and like a piece of my thumb's hanging off. Like, what the hell? Oops. <laughs> The sharpest yeah. knife I ever held, I bought a, I bought a K bar because I was a teenager. And of course, and I was like looking at, and I was holding it in my hands, just the weight of the blade, like cut <laughs> across four of my fingers. Jeez. And I was like, I shouldn't have this. I just put it in the sheath. I'm just put it away. I'm like, oh no. So long story short, I'm retarded. Uh, cool. In- yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yep. So it You're a good company. This happened. Yeah, this happened in the Marine Corps. Um, uh, Why am I not surprised? This was, this was in the schoolhouse. We kept getting in trouble 
we had like a terrible class. And so everybody kept getting put on restriction and, and it was just this whole big thing. And so because we had this one little barracks bunny, they kept running over to the recon barracks to get bound out. Um, the whole company gets put on restriction for, I can't remember what holiday it was. It was a 96, right? And so me and my uh, roommates, we had three other guys, right? So four of us into a room, um, classic Marine Corps. And um, we would get like so bored over these weekends because it was like every every single weekend we were in trouble. We couldn't leave, couldn't do anything, right? So we started making these, um, we started making these YouTube videos uh, of doing random things and like scripting them out. And it just like, like we didn't have shit else to do, right? right. And um, so for this one video, we had like four days to do this, right? Like, oh, I have an idea. We're going to do like a mock survival video. Like we're going to, you know, we're going to like wake up in the woods. We're not going to know where we are. This is North Carolina, by the way. Um, we're right. not going to know where we are. And uh, the the spoof of it is, is that we're going to have everything we could ever possibly need. Like best case right. scenario, like a like a, having a literal box of like Lucky Charms in your backpack. Right. Um, so uh, I had bought this knife. This is where this ties in. I bought this knife off eBay or something like that. And it was this huge, like oversized K bar thing. Um, it was so dull. You couldn't cut yourself if you tried. Um, I mean, I tried like stabbing this thing into my, like, I think it was into like the, 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 like the barracks door or whatever. Cause they're all wood and stuff. And like it, I mean, it just left like a big old triangle in the door. Like it was so dull, right? Didn't have a Gosh. tip on it. It, it, was, it was like just a prop knife, right? Like no big deal. Jeez. And I bought it because yeah. it looked cool. Um, I probably paid like 10 bucks for it, right? <clears throat> um, and so I was like, oh, perfect. I'll take this knife with me on my, you know, as we go out to the woods um, to do this little video, right? And so we're out there and keep in mind, we'd, we'd gone... If you guys have ever been to North Carolina before or South Carolina for that fact, um, you know, 20 feet into the tree line, like you can't tell which way you came in. Right. It's just super, super dense. Um, and so like we didn't have to go far. Right. Just, you know, 25 feet into the tree line and we're secluded. Um, and so for one of the scenes, um, I was supposed to throw. I promise the story's going somewhere. I was supposed to throw this knife into the tree and like have it stick. And, um, and then like, so the camera is going to be like on the tree. The knife goes into the tree then it pans over and I'm standing two feet away from the tree. Right. So that's kind of like the spoof Mm -hmm. of it. Um, and so I practiced. Okay, cool. Got the the knife throwing down from two feet away and, uh, it's like, all right, you know, action time. So my buddy's got the camera on the tree and I'm like, all right, so like I got to throw it like nice and good on this one to, you know, whoosh, right into the tree. And um, uh, something I didn't notice was this knife had a lanyard on it. And I happen to be where I'm sure you're very familiar with these. Um, the uh, like the motorcycle gloves that have like the carbon fiber knuckles and stuff in them. Right. For some reason, I had a pair of those like Wiley X made a set. And so like. Me being a boot was like, oh, that's cool. I'll buy some of those, so I can like punch Terry Taliban in the face. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch Osama bin Laden. Let's go, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had a, I was wearing those gloves. The knife has lanyard on it. I'm getting ready to, you know, yeet this right into the tree as hard as I can. And um, 
as you know as i'm holding it this little lanyard falls down over my wrist i don't notice and so i throw this knife at the tree as hard as i can the the knife you know goes you know out right uh extends out lanyard catches on the glove and the knuckle guard uh follows rotation of my arm down until it slides off of my hand at which point hits me straight in the foot um i didn't i didn't know exactly what happened at first uh it felt as if somebody dropped like a watermelon sized rock on my foot right it hurt but it was just like a really hard impact um and kind of did one of those like, you know, some bitch like dancing around like that hurt. And I look down and there's like an inch and a half long cut in my boot. And there's one little drop of blood on the outside. And I was like, oh, that's not oh. good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then <laughs> as I'm standing there and me and my buddy are looking at each other and like looking at my foot. I can feel it getting hot, like hot and wet. And I'm like, I know what that is. Oh, no. <laughs> and so I actually got really, really lucky. I have a picture of it. Uh, I'll send it to you guys so you guys can include okay. it in like the, the art for the episode or something. But oh, so yeah. here's oh, the, yes. I almost lost That's the whole big awesome. toe. It barely Dude. missed the bone, like barely Dude. missed the bone. Oh. And um that's rough yeah so what a way to live man (laughs) yeah pretty gnarly um it i like that whole inside part of my big toe was like totally like numb i don't feel anything it like cut all the nerves um and uh to make this like story even better was that you know i'm kind of like i'm i got a pretty decent bleed going on um and it's like they told us like in like, you know, medical training and boot camp to like, oh, you can take your belt off and use it as a tourniquet. So we're like, OK, let's try that. Right. Because, of course, we didn't have any tourniquets or anything like Worth that. Worth a shot. Let's um, go. Yeah. Yeah. Like screw it. Right. Like we're in the woods. We've got a bunch of sticks. We've got a knife and, uh, you know, and a belt. So we go and try to like make a tourniquet out of this. Did, didn't work at all. Right. Terrible. Or be shot. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe in some, we might be able to make it work one way or another, but the belt was just, it was too thick, right? Too sturdy. It wouldn't, it wouldn't like yep, bend. Yeah. Um, and we tried like ratcheting down. It would not ratchet down, tighten up. Anyways, long story short, right? Um, so I have a good sense of direction and I know like which way, hey, we came in from that way, right? Like right there, no problem. Um, but in my current state of kind of, ooh, Right. I'm getting a little tunnel vision and stuff. And um, I don't remember which way we came in. And my buddy Lopez that was helping me out doing this filming, he had no idea which way we came in. So he calls our other roommate, um, who is a guy that just hung out in bed all day long. Like he was like, we'd get done with whatever we were doing. He'd come back, strip down to his boxers, whoop, straight up onto the top bunk. And he was there. Till tomorrow morning, right? Um, Nice guy. Kind of weird, right? We all have those guys. And um, so my buddy Lopez calls this guy. His name is Riggs. Um, Shout out to my homies if you guys are listening. Probably not, but hopefully. Right. So, hey, Riggs, you know, uh, you know, McKagren's down, right? He he got hurt. He got cut. Like, we need you. 
So Riggs being the swell dude that he is, he's like, I'm on my way, right? So by the I'm time on my way, on way. <laughs> uh, savage. Yeah. Well, so yeah, the look was like, hands me the phone. It's like, give him directions. And so I'm like, yeah, man, like just go out the barracks door and just like head straight into the trees. You're going to run right into us. So by the time like I hang up the phone, here comes here comes Riggs barreling through the trees. Nice. Right? He comes. He's a big old tall dude, too, super skinny. Yeah. He comes barreling in and he's wearing his boots, socks. And boxers. That's nice. it. What a and friend. Like me and Lope, yes. <laughs> me and Lopez are like looking at him like, you couldn't put pants on? Like, I didn't say I was dying. And they're like, well, you said you were in trouble. And they're like, ah, whatever. Right. Thanks for being here. So he throws me over him shoulder. Fireman, Gary, except one little detail. He forgot which way he had just come in. <laughs> so <laughs> land navigation is important, gentlemen. This is where this comes in. Um so i love this story so much <laughs> it just keeps getting better and better this is uh, awesome so better than any dad joke no kidding man seriously uh so i'm like over Your like lore is back. astounding right. by the way sorry continue <laughs> I, I got a nickname out of this one they call me bear girls in medical for like months um nice but uh so anyways yeah they're i'm over rigs back and they're like you know mush that way Right. And I'm like, yay, okay, cool. We're moving. And so they're just going and going and going. And then like nice. there's like a creek crossing. Then there's like a marsh. And <laughs> you know, at some point, I'm kind of like, what would you we're going the wrong way? We didn't cross a marsh to get here. Like it was right there. All right. And uh so we pop out somewhere. I don't even know where we were. I'm pretty sure we went like just kept going straight the way they originally came in and then like went all the way across like the whole wood section and then popped out on base somewhere else. And, um, so like, okay, we bust through like, ah, Marine Corps buildings. Yay. And so like I get dumped off on the ground and, uh, Lopez, like, I don't know, I can't remember which one. There's probably a Lopez like sprints off to go look for the duty, right? The, the guy, with and, pants. you know, yeah. Yep. Yeah. The one with pants. It would probably be even better if Riggs didn't have pants on or if Riggs <laughs> was the one that went ran off. So anyways, takes off, finds the duty. He comes back and some staff sergeant. He is pissed. Right. It's his weekend. He's got weekend duty. He's pissed already or you know, weekend holiday duty. And he's pissed. Right. So then here comes a bunch of friggin jackasses. Right. Um, and one of them's like naked. And uh, so he comes over <laughs> and he's like, like, you know, what happened? What's going on? Why don't you have any pants on? And uh, so give him a rundown of what happened. And he, you know, like, I like I need I need to go to medical. And uh, he's like, well, you know, it's a holiday. There is no medical. That means you're going to the hospital. And oh, uh, he's like, I'm not calling you an ambulance. I'm like, unless I see blood. And I'm like trust me there's, there's so blood much. yeah it's in there and he was like i ain't doing shit till i see some blood and i was like okay all right so i mean that's fair right uh, challenge accepted yeah yeah so cut the laces off my boot and i like pull it off and as soon as it breaks the heel blood is just pouring out of my boot and he was like okay okay out. all right i'm going he sprints off to go call an ambulance and stuff so i got an ambulance right out of it um i go to 
the the civilian hospital in my camis because again we're on restriction we can't you know can't be having any fun um and like i got like this super like bloody leg my foot's all up in there like so i got all kinds of looks from from all the civilians and whatnot just like hanging out in the er um waiting to get stitched up when I, so yeah this turned into oh my god the investigations like it was it went from like just a couple of dudes trying to entertain themselves to like literally months long of investigations going to the co's oh office every gosh. day going to see first sergeant going to medical going to oh my god so anyways so, that was my knife story long long That's story awesome short story. you were the reason why long your story guys short, got I'm a safety brief yeah you're the cause <laughs> of the safety brief I was say, how's it feel to have how's it feel to have a safety brief under your belt <laughs> You know, honestly, I kind of forgot about that. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a safety brief uh, update after that incident of. Uh, oh, well, love of it. Part of the whole thing with like the, the BS of this was that. Um, so they they searched my my bag that I had with me because I'm a boot. Of course, I have a bag, right? right? A backpack. Yeah. And so they search it and inside they find this big old knife right because i'm a good marine you know keep accountability in my gear you don't leave crap in the field so i took my knife with me um and so they find this big old knife uh which apparently is illegal to have in north carolina because it's too big like the the blade's too long um even though uh so they were like they're threatening to like charge me with that but then i came back and i was like hey like you sell the exact same size k-bar at the gas station here on base like you know are you going to get rid of those or, you know, I know guys that buy those all the time. Um, it's a knife and it says USMC on it. Like, of course, they're going to buy it. Um, yep. So they they're like, all right. So they, you know, toss that one out the window. Um, but they like they found an airsoft gun in it, which again, like to me, I'm like. It's an airsoft gun. Like, who, who cares? Right. They care. Let me tell you, they care. Um, <laughs> it's the last three letters. That's all they care about. Yep. Um, so. Yeah, there's that there's like like I said, there was just investigations out the wazoo on this and all of it to come away with like an article 15 or, or not the article 15, uh, the uh, like the, the, a page 11 is what it was. Right. Like administrative yeah. action. Right. Like they essentially it's funny because uh, there was like literal documentation of like this guy is dumb. Right. That's like what Marine Corps conclusion dummy. Right. Um, if they would have said like a retard, I, I would not, I would not like complain. I'd be like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Uh, and they said, hey, enough. don't okay. do that again. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure being retarded or dumb is like a mandatory thing at MEPS for the Marines. Like you well, gotta be, otherwise you can't be a Marine. Don't be rude to our guest. <laughs> no, I'll, I've, I've admitted this like six times on the podcast. I'll be the first know, one to tell saying. you. It's a rude. <laughs> uh, so my wife calls want. it my superpower. <laughs> That's so rude in the sweetest way. I love it. I know it's called the back end of compliment. And I go, thank, yeah, thank you. Yeah, okay. my wife's hey, just like yeah, you're thanks. just so. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, three words. You couldn't oh, think of anything I say. You didn't say anything. So fair enough. Yep. <laughs> Three words when somebody does something stupid. Bless. Do it your again. Heart. 
Oh. Yep. Yeah, that too. Do it again. <laughs> Bless your heart. I was wrong. <laughs> you are so stupid. Bless your heart. Yeah. Oh, oh God bless I love Texas. <laughs> oh, I geez. love Texas. Well, that's all I got for our show notes on on gunsmithing. You know, we touched we on had a nice long rant on medical procedures in the field. <laughs> that's the love part. That's what the rants are for. <laughs> yep. No, but I mean, we touched on you know just like you know tools, workspace, knowledge, uh, confidence. You know what. Directly, you can do. Did you have any last thoughts on, on just basic gunsmithing? We're not going to get into the ins and outs and everything because we're you know audio only. But um, mm-hmm. anything else you can think of? Any last thoughts? If you are trying to solve a problem and you are testing components, change as little as possible, or change one component at a time. Right, variables. Keep variables as limited as possible. If you're trying to, like, yes, keep everything as controlled as possible and just change one thing at a time, right? Don't do swap gnostics with everything one at a time. Um, That would would be my advice. Same thing with, like, reloading, right? Don't change three things. Change one thing and that's it. Right, keep everything else the same. Keep it simple. Yep, keep it as simple as possible. And don't overthink it. Cool. It's it's probably something stupid. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's probably something stupid. Right? Don't overthink it. Yeah. Um, paint your damn guns. Uh, paint them. Paint them. Lube your guns, or I will come around and yeah. spit in them. Don't throw me with a good time. <laughs> Six. Hey. Last thoughts. You got it before I do. Before I could. Uh, I'll spit fine, I'm going to paint time. my freaking guns. Stay tuned. Yes. I'm going to paint my guns. Good paint boy. Guns. Prove it on Instagram or you're a liar. Okay. No balls. No, no like balls. You won't time. do it. Pretty one. <laughs> Manchester. Oh, I get to punch you in the face the next time I see you. It's going to be great. You'll need to come down then. Oh, my last thoughts. You know, your gun is a magic glass. It's there a tool. Go. That's a good one. Treat it like yep. a tool. You know, don't be afraid to, <clears throat> you know, to use it to maintain it. To you know, use trial and error. You know, like you like you know, like you said, Chris. This is a weapon of war. You know, what do you have your gun for? Is this supposed to send us safer? Is this supposed to kill things? You know, give it the respect it's due. Yep. But I like yeah. it. Epic. That being said, guys, we are the Hard Time Shaman Podcast, showing up at Bear Class of Me and talking about some basic gunsmithing with Chris from Grant Rifle Group. You want to give us your socials and all your links again, brother? Sure. So the the main website is uh, granitriflegroup.com. Uh, you can pick up optics, rifles, um, and uh, read about, you know, kind of my start into all of this. <laughs> and um, the Instagram is going to be granite underscore rifle underscore group underscore LLC. Hopefully you just have to write granite rifle and then it should pop up. Um, uh, if you're needing help getting into long range shooting, you want to know primarily where are some places to shoot, check out uh, the long range ambassadors on Instagram as well. Uh, that will help you connect to uh, local ambassadors in your area. 
but we don't have a whole lot right now that the program is still kind of building. It's pretty slow right now, but that's okay. Um, I prefer grassroots. So right now we have guys in Arizona, Kentucky. Um, I, I haven't solidified somebody for Wyoming, but there's somebody in Wyoming that I could defer you to. Um, and I believe there might be one or two of the states that I'm thinking about. Uh, but so if you, or, or let's also flip side, if you would like to be an ambassador for your state, by all means, follow, reach out, let's have a conversation, do a little uh, interview, make sure we're all on the same page, and then uh, we'll get you set up to be the ambassador for your state. Um, so the whole point, excuse me, of this project is so that uh, people can get on the uh, Instagram and say, oh, you know, I live in Alabama, right? They select Alabama. Okay, here's the ambassador for Alabama. Go follow them. Go talk to them. And they help you find places to shoot, help you answer questions. And you have a on-the-ground resource for your area. Um, oh, uh, the last one is going to be the Delayed Impact Podcast. Uh, this is, you know, a brand new podcast coming out here. Um <coughs> The, the the page is up uh we got one episode currently uh, technically i think two episodes uh in the bank and uh, hopefully more coming um so the focus of that podcast is just going to be talking about long range shooting and um hopefully having uh some customers on the uh <clears throat> on the podcast as well to talk about their journey as a rifleman their journey into long range shooting um from somebody who's actually going through it uh not just somebody who's been around for a long time and you know yada 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 um, so that's what I got going on. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Go shoot your guns, go paint them, go spit in them. Hell yeah. On spit it. them immediately. Chris, thank you so much for coming on and guys, thank you for listening. As always stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. Raw. <laughs>